This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. The title today is this, The Ingredients of Faithfulness. The Ingredients of Faithfulness. And, uh, and so, as I was praying about what to, what to preach about this week, what to talk about, what, what we're going to learn about and discuss, uh, you know, I, I was obviously today's a big day. We're celebrating my dad, celebrating Pastor's 70th birthday. And so I'm taking all that into consideration. And, you know, I'm looking back on it's hard to pinpoint. But what is the main thing that I have learned, you know, from my father? And and, you know, pardon me for just, you know, talking about him a lot today. But it's a, it's a special day. Right. And uh, and I and I recognize that. You know, not everybody in the world had an awesome, great dad or, a, you know, whatever. And, and I understand that. I know a lot of people's stories in here, and my heart hurts for that. I am blessed that I didn't grow up with tons of money. We never had a brand-new car. We never had the biggest house in town. We didn't usually have a whole lot of money, a whole lot of time. We ate tuna helper a lot of times when I was real little, okay? But I am the richest, most blessed man in the world because I had two parents that loved each other and stayed married. And I had parents that raised me to love the Lord. And the number one lesson, the biggest gift, uh, and the biggest thing that I've learned from getting to observe a good godly dad, and I, this, you know, every dad in here, every parent in here, I'm working on, you know, me too. The biggest thing that I learned is, no matter what, my dad committed to be a Christian in January of 1980. He became a Christian. He is not, as he will tell you, been a perfect man since then. But I'll tell you this much, not one time, not one day has he ever looked back and ever walked away from that commitment that he made 41 years ago. And so, amen, and that, that's a lot to me. Because I see a lot of people, and I'll talk about this, that, that they commit to the Lord, and then they it's back and forth. It's like some sort of junior high, you know, relationship. And, and, and it's like, I, I love you. I love you not. I, I'll be there for you. And, and well, I'm not really going to be there for you. And, it, and, you know, it's just this, this, this silly thing. And I love that my dad, more than anything else, I've seen him preach thousands of sermons. I've seen him go to Russia and preach. I've seen him go to all these countries. I've seen him on TV. I've seen a lot of things. And that's all good and dandy, and that's really cool. But the biggest thing I've seen is just a Christian that every day, you know, I'm almost 36. So every day for my 35 years that has read his Bible, loved his wife and kids, and served the Lord and never, ever walked away from Jesus. And that's a big deal to me because there's not, not everybody does that. And what I'm here to do today is this, is to encourage us and to teach us how we can be faithful and stable. Because what the world needs now is love, sweet love. But number two, besides that, number two is stable faithful christians amen stable somebody that you don't have to god doesn't have to say well yesterday he said he wanted to serve me and preach and be in ministry and and well today he's out there at the bar and he's with some other woman but don't worry next week he'll come back i'm not i'm not here to judge but but seriously god should be able to count on you because we were just singing how great it is that god's faithful to us but it's also super cool when we're faithful to him 
Everybody wants Jesus to be faithful to them, but how come not everybody wants to be faithful to Jesus? It's a great relationship when both sides can make the same promise and keep it. I don't want to be married to somebody that that I say, I will love you, I will be faithful to you, I will be there for you every day for the rest of my life, and they say, oh, thank you. I can make the same commitment to you at a 75% rate. Only 25% of the time will I be unfaithful in this relationship and go away and want, I'm like, you know what? No thanks. Keep it. I'll find, you know, I, that's not for me. I'm looking for more of the 100% deal. And so everybody wants Jesus to be 100% faithful to them. But at the same time, none of us are perfect. We've all missed it. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But at the same time, I should be a faithful Christian, and when I commit to Jesus, there's no need for me to look back because I done left Egypt, and they've got nothing for me. I've been delivered from slavery and bondage of the devil. They've got nothing that I want. This world, they've got nothing I want. Jesus is everything that I need, everything that you need, everything we need. We've got it in Jesus. And so my message, my encouragement today is this, is the ingredients for faithfulness. Because who thinks that we should be faithful to Jesus just like he's been faithful to us? Amen? And I know, of course, as as we study and read, you know, there's some verses that hit me in the heart. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, Lord, yeah, I'm sorry. And I repent and I got to do better. And I pray the same thing happens for you. And so there's no condemnation, no judgment of this. But there is encouragement to say, let's do our best for Jesus. Because when I die, listen, I'll be fine if I don't die a billionaire. I will not be fine if I backstab Jesus and I walked away from him. I will not be fine if my children don't serve the Lord. I cannot stand that thought. My children will serve the Lord because as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I can't deal with that. I'm fine if I don't die a billionaire. I'm fine if I don't have the biggest house in San Bernardino County. I'm fine if I don't have the most Instagram followers. I'm fine with all that. But I'm not fine if I was not faithful to Jesus who was faithful to me every time I screwed up every time I didn't deserve it every time the devil thought he had me but Jesus came and pulled me out of it I gotta pay him back I've gotta do my best to live for him and so we're talking about the ingredients of faithfulness all right so let's pray this morning and we're going to get into the word of God father in Jesus name we thank you lord for your holy written word God, as we do so often, we thank you that we have Bibles, Lord, right here in our own language that we can read, Lord, that we are in a church together with other Christians, and we are worshiping you. And God, I pray that you'll speak to us today. Lord, if we need to make changes, help us to shoot our pride down and admit, hey, I need to make some changes. I need to do better. But we know, Lord, it's all for your glory. We want to give you the best. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, can somebody say amen? So three ingredients today for faithfulness, all right? Number one is this. Number one is love for God. Now, that may sound shallow. That may sound like, well, duh, that's not very deep. But listen, I'm not talking about Someone that's all talk and no follow through. I'm not talking about some generic lip service. Well, yes, I love the Lord. Yes, of course. I'm not talking about silly stuff like that. I'm talking about you need, I need 
we need, if we're going to be faithful to Jesus until the end, we need to absolutely, genuinely love the Lord our God with all of our heart, our soul, our might, and our strength. We need to love him more than anything else in this world. And as we get there, as we do love God, listen to me, we'll be faithful to him. Because he loves us. We know that. He loves us. He loves us enough that he gave Jesus to die for someone like me. Someone like you. That's a lot of love. But listen, when I say love for God, I'm not talking about lip service. I'm talking about actually loving God and living my life the way that he wants to. And there's a lot of people, hey, there's a lot of people that claim to love God. Hey, I love him. He's my everything. But it's on their own terms. I love him. When it's really convenient and I've got an extra weekend this month, there's a fifth Sunday, so, uh, yeah, I'll give God a few minutes. Why not? Hey, because I love him. That's not real. Listen, we all like it when Jesus gives us his best, right? You like it when, when God blesses you and it is exceeding abundantly above all you could ask or think. We all love his best. Listen, we need to give him our best. I can't give Jesus my leftover time at the end of the day if I've got a few minutes. I need to give him my first cut right off the top of the day, my best amount, my, my best time, right? You know, I, I can't give Jesus, you know, well, you know, I'll obey you if it's easy and it's convenient. We need to love him enough to obey him. John 14, verse 15. Let's look at this. John 14, verse 15. I promise there's encouragement coming. You guys know that I, I like to encourage. I like to build up. I like to do all those great things. But... There's some stuff here that we've got to get to today. John 14, verse 15. Amen. Who's glad they came today? Amen. I'm glad I came. And tonight I'm going to be glad I come because there's free food. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Dude, burgers and potato salad? Let's do this. I'm not afraid of a cookout. Don't threaten me. John 14 and verse 15. Check this out. Jesus said, if you love me... Go walk on hot coals like other people do of other religions. If you love me, cut yourself. If you love, he said, if you love me, just obey my commandments. Now, this is really simple. That's not that deep, but it's very profound. And we all know that, yeah, sometimes there's parts of the Bible that maybe some of his commands are, are that, that's not that hard to do. That's easy. But. There are some commandments, there are some parts of the scripture, the New Testament scripture, that are not the easiest thing to do. But if I love him, I'll obey his commands. He said, listen to me, bless those who persecute you. Love your neighbor as yourself. If someone smacks you on one cheek, turn the other cheek also. That is not that easy to do, friends. That's not that easy to do. But if I love Jesus, I'm going to obey his commands. If I love Jesus, how do I prove my love for him? He said, easy. If you love me, just obey my commands. In fact, one time Jesus was telling a story about two guys. One guy, he built his house on this sandy foundation, right? And another guy built his house on the solid rock. But the thing is, the guy that built his house on the sandy foundation, he's like, Lord, Lord. What should I do to, you know, follow you? And Jesus says, wait, why do you call me Lord, Lord, when you don't ever do what I say? 
Why do you call me Lord? That doesn't make any sense. Like, I'd call me something else. Call me friend. Call me, but don't call me Lord if you don't do what I say. And what I'm getting at is a faithful Christian, they call Jesus Lord because he is Lord. They actually, you know, they're not perfect. We all miss it. We all trip up. We all fall short. But man, when we fall down, you get back up and say, Jesus, I'm sorry. Let me try that again. And he will give us another chance. But I'm talking about the ingredients for faithfulness. If you don't truly love God, you're not going to stay faithful in that relationship. And one thing that I mean, I've seen over and over again, sadly, and it, and it hurts my heart. I just saw someone like this recently, man. When they're on the mountaintop, when they're just, you know, scoring a victory, they're, they preaching Jesus to everybody. They, they're, you know, they're just, you know, loud and proud and, and, you know, blasting it from every mountaintop, every rooftop, how much they love Jesus. And then two weeks later, nowhere to be found. I'm not judging. I'm not making fun, but that's a dangerous spot to be in where you're on and off, in and out, up and down. In fact, James, Jesus' half-brother, put it this way. Somebody that's like that, they're double-minded. They're like a wave of the sea. They're unstable in all their ways, in everything they do. And what do we need now? I told you, love, sweet love. But then number two, we need stable Christians. Somebody that says, you know what, Lord? I'm going to I'm going to follow you. You know, I'm I'm not going to overcommit, but I'm going to follow you. And so when somebody goes back and forth in their love for God and their commitment to him, it does considerable damage to their reputation and to those watching them. Now, I'm just asking you to listen this morning. I'm not expecting, a you know, the hallelujah chorus. All right. I get it. We're talking about some stuff here for a minute. But listen to me. When we go back and forth. And our commitment and our love for Jesus, it does considerable damage to our testimony and to the kingdom of God. Bystanders may not articulate it, but they're thinking, hey, if Jesus is so good, why can't this guy at least just stick with him for more than a month at a time or more than a year at a time? If he's really, if he's really as good as you talk about, then why don't you just stick with him and commit to it? Thank you. Amen. I, got, I felt that. I felt that. So let me do it. Let me, let, the Apostle Paul says it a lot better than me. Philippians 3.18. Philippians 3.18. I may need a security escort out of this building after church today. Cause, amen. Praise God. Hey, we're here. This is the word of God. We're here to help you out. All right. Philippians 3.18. Philippians 3.18. Lawrence, pull my car to the back door, brother, okay? Then bring me back for the burgers tonight, though. Philippians 3.18, Philippians 3.18. So Paul put it this way, and, you know, I remember reading this verse when I was a young man, and I and it just hit me. I'm like, wow, dear God, Lord, this is, it's a, it's a, a, a something to think about. Some, it's, it's something to examine our lives with. But Philippians 3.18, Philippians was not written to sinners, because someone read this and say, oh, yeah, that's talking about the sinner. This is talking to born-again Christians, and this is a slap across my face sometimes. Philippians 3.18, the Apostle Paul, a straightforward, straight-shooting man, he said it this way, For I have told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows they are really enemies of the cross of christ now that's 
you know, again, that's not something we're going to get up and run around the church about. That is something that I'm going to say, Lord Jesus, help me. If I am, if my conduct is showing people that I am an enemy to the cross of Christ, I repent right now. Lord Jesus, help me. Help me right now. Because I don't ever want to be in that situation. That's a hard thing to imagine. That is not, that's a hard thing to imagine. And this isn't uh, talking about the antagonistic, loudmouth atheist. People read that and they're like, oh, yeah, I know who the enemies of the cross of Christ are. It's those guys out there that are, you know, making fun of Christians, those guys that are burning down churches. And, yeah, duh, of course, yeah, they're enemies. Yeah, yeah, we get that. They're not our enemies, but obviously they're very opposed to what we do, okay? I get that, and that's an obvious thing, but that's not what this is talking about. This is talking about Christians whose conduct is so damaging to Christianity that they're doing more harm than good to the cause of Christ. And Paul said, listen, their conduct says that they're literally an enemy of the cross of Christ. The biggest enemy and obstacle we face and I'm, you know, I said that, but it's not just the antagonizers and the haters and the, and you know, the people that hate Christians and everything we stand for, but it's the double agents. It's the people that go out and, and you know, and, 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 well, I put one of my Bible college teachers, I love this guy, he was so, so straightforward, but he told me this story. He said, one time when his son was in high school, his son left the house and he was wearing a Christian t-shirt with a Bible verse on it. And my, my college professor, he's like, where are you going? I'm going to school. What are you wearing? I'm wearing this shirt. I got it at church. Take it off. What? Why? Why would I take? You are not leaving this house in that shirt. Dad, gosh, what's going on? Why can't I wear it? It's a Christian shirt. Exactly. I know you act like a fool at school every day. You're out there being crazy. I do not want people associating Christianity with you out there spitting spit wads and giving people wedgies. Take it off. You can go put anything else you want on there. Go put a Metallica shirt on. I don't care. But you're not leaving this house in that shirt. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, chill out. But after a while, I get it because if you're going to do more damage to the cross of Christ than you are good, don't wear the T-shirt. Don't put the bumper sticker on. Keep your mouth shut. Amen. Listen. We're talking about being faithful, and we've got to reach a place where we love God enough that we can say, you know what? I'm not, I'm not perfect. I am so not, and I, and I, it's not about perfection, but Jesus, I love you enough that I can walk away from that. I, I, I love you more than that. I love you more than these people. I love you more than this show. Do you realize how many TV shows and movies I have had to cut out of my life? Since I really took the Lord seriously. I mean, come on. There's things. And I put it this way. If Jesus Christ was on your couch, sitting there with you, you know, drinking a Coke Zero or whatever. And, and, and you know, he's at the beard, sandals, everything. He's sitting there right beside you. Would you be watching that show if he was in the room? And guess what? He is in the room. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. He is in the room. And so when we begin to get this reality, there are things that I'm you know what? Never mind. I'll just, we'll, we'll put Paw Patrol back on for the kids, okay? I can take Ryder and Chase for another round here, or, you know, whatever. But listen to me. 
when we really begin to reach this level of, I want to be faithful to you, Jesus. I want to, you told me you'd never leave me or forsake me. I want to say the same thing to you, Jesus. When we get that level of love, there are things that will push away because the possibility and the potential of our conduct pushing people away from Jesus and us being labeled an enemy of the cross of Christ, that's too great, uh, that's, that's too big of a, I, I can't do that. That, that, that. that is too much for me to handle. I've got to step away from that. And so let me show you one more verse here, Ephesians 4.30. This one's nearly just as painful. So if the last one about took you out, just buckle up and put a helmet on. But Ephesians 4, verse 30. We're here to help today, amen? We're here to encourage. We're here to be better Christians. Who wants to be a better Christian? I want to be better, man. I straight up, I want to be better for Jesus. I am nowhere near satisfied with where I am in my Christian walk. I want to be better. I want to be stronger. I want to be more like him every single day. So it doesn't offend me when somebody reads Bible verses like this to me. I'm like, you know what, hey. Bring it on. I want to be better. Ephesians 4, verse 30, of course, the Apostle Paul writing this also. He said, and do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. And so he's identified us as his own. He said, hey, that's one of mine right there. She belongs to me. He belongs to me. And and are there times, parents, when you're just super proud of your kid? You're like, hey, she's mine. <laughs> He's mine. And then there's times in the store when they do something stupid. Who is that? Whose kid is that? Somebody needs to get a hold of that kid right there. And you, you've identified them as your own, but then there are points in time, and maybe you're not there yet if you're a new parent, but there are points in times when you're like, wow, I've got a little sorrow right now. I've got a, that, that, you know, I, that hurt a little bit. There are times when there's a little bit of embarrassment, right? And you get what I'm saying. We love our kids. We would never, you know, we get that. But, but we need to be realistic about this. We need to identify the fact that it is possible for us to bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit, for us to to bring sadness to God. And and nobody wants to think about that. Nobody wants to make God sad. But the truth of the matter is this, is that when Jesus was on this earth, there were times that Jesus cried. There were, and everyone was like, hey, that's Jesus. I mean, he, hey, he's got no emotions. He, he's got, he's tough, man. He is tough. But he is full of unfailing love. And I don't care who you are. It hurts when somebody that you love with everything that you have doesn't love you back. When you give everything you've got for somebody and it's not reciprocated. When you give everything you've got, when you love them with all of everything that you are, and they constantly, consistently just don't really seem to care sometimes. And... Sure, that's painful. And it says we can bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way that we live. And so, again, what are we talking about? The ingredients of faithfulness. If we're going to remain faithful, if we're going to, and you know, listen, my goal is to be faithful to Jesus until the end, and I'm going to do that. My goal is to live a very long life. And Katie and I, we got married at 19, and we're coming up on our anniversary next week. It's going to be 17 years. I knew it. Yeah. 
I know. I'm just. It's a game we play. It's a game we play. So it's 17 years, and so, but we got married pretty young. And so our goal was like, man, think about this. If we live super long, we could be married 80 years, 90 years. You know, if we live, wouldn't that be awesome? The goal is to stay faithful, stick together through it all, all the way until the very end when we go to heaven. And how do you do that? You love God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. You love him with all that you are. And then number two, we're talking about a love for God. Number two, trust. Trust. Well, yeah, we get that. But I'm talking about one of the only ways I can explain how someone can remain faithful for a long period of time through thick and thin, up and down, whatever, is there's got to be genuine trust in that relationship. You're not going to stick with somebody that you don't trust. You're not going to stick with them. And we all say, yeah, I love God and I trust God, but we've got to get to this level of, man, you know what? Things are really rocky right now. I may be going through the storm. I may be walking through the fire. I may be going through a situation, but through it all, I trust God that He's going to get us out of this thing. We're not staying in the fire. We're not staying in the storm. We're not staying in this situation. I trust my God to get us through this. He's done it every time before. He's going to do it again. There's got to be trust. Now look at this verse in Jeremiah chapter 17. Can we turn there? Jeremiah 17. Are you still with us today? We're talking about the ingredients of faithfulness and how you can stay and remain faithful to Jesus because he's going to be faithful to you. We already know that. I don't even need him to explain how he's going to do it. I trust that he's just going to do it. But we're going to make that same commitment to you. Jesus, you're faithful to me, and I am going to be faithful to you. Jeremiah chapter 17. We're going to look at verses 7 through 8. Jeremiah 17, verses 7 through 8. And I love these verses. It sounds a lot like Psalm chapter 1, if you're familiar with Psalm 1. But Jeremiah, of course, has a little bit of a different angle on it. Jeremiah 17, verse 7, it says, But blessed are those who trust in the Lord. Is there anybody in here today that you trust in the Lord? You are blessed. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. Well, why are you so confident? I trust in the Lord. (laughs) It's not because of me. I trust in the Lord. Look at verse 8. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green, and they never stop producing fruit. Well, I mean, I don't know how you could do that. You trust in the Lord. When we trust in him, we all go through some seasons of the heat, right? Anybody been in Barcelona the last couple weeks? Wow. It has been hot. Amen. And I'm like, I had to turn to Jeremiah 17. I know it says something. It said this somewhere, the season of heat, the season of drought. But guess what? If we are trusting in the Lord, we are blessed. Our roots, they go deep into that living water. Our leaves are green. We are blessed in everything we do. But what does it all come down to? It says it right here. Trust. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord. 
And we got to learn to trust some people. Like, yeah, man, I trust God for this big giant thing over here. But listen, we need to trust God in every possible situation. You need to start trusting God even in the little things. Because I know a lot of people, they'll, I mean, they'll, they'll pray to God and trust him when, you know, the nuclear bomb hits. But it's all these little things every day that just are constantly nipping at it, and they don't ever respond. They don't ever pray about it. They don't ever do anything about it. And Song of Solomon 2.15 says it's the little foxes that come in and spoil the vine. You need to start handling some of these little attacks from the devil. You got a headache. You got a sore throat. Praise God. Listen, you can take an Advil if you want to. You could also pray about it. Someone's mean to you at work. You could sit there and, well, I'll I'll take it. Or you could pray about it. You could do something about it spiritually. But you need to start handling some of the little things. Amen? And so I was thinking about this story when I was, uh, I don't know why this just flashed back to me. I thought of this story in years. But I remember one time when we were little kids, we were going, me and my brother Josh over here, he's wearing some salmon-colored pants. Those look good, by the way. And so it's here for salmon. All right. (laughs) Anyway, uh, praise God. So uh, we were supposed to go on this bowling field trip the next day. And, hey, it was a rough time. We didn't have much money. We, we were a little bit, you know, a little bit poor at the moment. And, uh, and so we, each of us, me and Josh and my sister, we each needed a dollar to go on the bowling field trip the next day. And, hey, this was the early 90s. Money isn't like it is now, okay? So <laughs> I'm joking. It was a dollar. And so uh, we didn't have, we needed three dollars to go bowling and we didn't have it. I'm like, Dad, we want to go bowling with the other kids. What are we going to do? And he said, hey, it'll be here by tomorrow. Just trust God. I'm like, okay, well, it'll be here by tomorrow. I didn't know how it was going to come, but I knew, hey, if my dad, who trusts God, says it's going to be here by tomorrow, three dollars is showing up by tomorrow morning, and I'm going bowling. Thank you, Jesus. You need to have that trust. And so God will get, God will get the resources to you sometimes in some strange ways, right? And so I remember back in the Old Testament, Elijah was out there in the middle of the desert. God brought food by the ravens to him every single day. I mean, there, God has used different ways. In this instance, God used my drunk redneck uncle. All right. And so here we go. So we're like, how's it, how's it going to happen? How is God going to get the three dollars? So later on that night, the phone rings, and it's it's my drunk redneck uncle. And so he's like, uh, hey, can you guys give me a ride? I need to get home, and I need – and so my dad's like, oh, boom, here it is. Here it is, yeah. I won't say his name, but anyway, uh, uh, we could potentially do that. Do you have $3? Yeah, I've got $3. I'll be right there. Have your $3 ready. Boom, $3, and God got it to us, and I went bowling right there. Come on. Went bowling. We went bowling. All right. Didn't do any good, but we went bowling. All right. Praise God. So check it out. But seriously, trust God. He will get the answer to you. And when you trust him, you don't tell him how to do it. You just trust that, hey, it'll be here by morning. God, just trust God. It's going to happen. And I'm telling you, it's the little stories like that. Time and time and time again as a child. And all you parents are teaching your kids the same thing. Time and time again. That when they grow old, when they become an adult, it's no big thing. Well, God brought that back then. God will help me take care of this situation right here. But if you're going to remain faithful to the end, 
you're going to have to love God and really love him, not just say it. You're going to have to really love him. And then number two, you're going to have to actually trust him in your life. And then number three is a little thing we call contentment. Contentment. Now, as a Christian, we need to learn to be content. And that's not something we talk about a whole lot. I admit that I don't have tons of sermons about contentment in my, uh, you know, my library, but that's something that needs to be addressed and discussed for us. Here we are in 2021. We need to be content. Now listen, I'm never going to be content and fully satisfied with how I am doing serving Jesus. I'm always going to want to go more. You understand that? I'm not being hard on myself, but I always want to do better for Jesus. There's never going to be a point in time where I say, well, you know what? I'm good. I don't want to grow in the Lord anymore. I think I've peaked. This is probably as good as it's going to get right here. No, there's never a, I'm always going to be striving for more and to grow more as a Christian. But as a Christian, as somebody who's going to be faithful to Jesus until the end, I know this much. When I've got Jesus, I don't need to look anywhere else for fulfillment. There's no person in this world that is my complete fulfillment. I love my family and all that, but I don't put the responsibility and the burden on them of fulfilling me and giving me joy. And so many people do that. He's a bad husband. He doesn't give me any joy anymore. Well, why don't you look to Jesus? I don't, she's all right, but I'll tell you what, you know, she don't make me happy no more. And, and you know what? If, if the burden of your happiness is placed upon and laid upon your wife's shoulders, how dare you, man? Shame on you. That's not where you should be. Listen, yeah, there should be happiness and joy in these relationships, but listen right now. Jesus is the source of our fulfillment and our contentment. And I'm saying that with all seriousness right now. Psalm 23. Psalm 23. Ignore the youth group. They're going to get your popsicles. Ignore them, okay? Every eye in the building was like, Psalm 23. I always want to do better for Jesus. I will never reach a a point in time where I say that I'm good. I'm, that's, I got nothing else to give. That won't happen. But if I'm going to be faithful to Jesus until the end, I'm going to have to realize that He is everything I need. I'm content because of that. Psalm 23. And verse 1, and I I know the King James says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And I love the way the NLT puts this. The Lord is my shepherd, I have all that I need. Period. The Lord is my shepherd, I've got everything I need right there. And I, I worded this, when the Lord is my shepherd, what else could I possibly need? Yeah, he'll add good things to my life. He'll bring those things. Matthew 6, 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. I get that. Yeah, no doubt about that. But the Lord is my shepherd. I've got everything that I need right there. He is it. I've got everything that I need. And there's so much freedom. There's so much power in that one statement, in that one verse, that I wish so many people could get. Yeah, you need hard work. Absolutely. We need that. And yeah, it's great having the things we want. Everybody wants nice things and nice stuff and bigger toys and and nicer houses. But 
Those things don't bring me fulfillment. My house doesn't bring me fulfillment. I'm happy I've got a bigger house. No, thank you, Nadine. You know, hooked us up. Hey, we needed it. No doubt about it. That's nice. But I was fulfilled before the house. I was fulfilled before I had a car. I was much more fulfilled before I had an iPhone. I wish I didn't have one. But listen to me. I, those things don't bring me fulfillment. The Lord is my shepherd. I've got everything that I need right there. And when you reach that level, you'll be more faithful to Jesus because you realize, I, you quit chasing the dollar everywhere. You quit chasing the, the you know, the, well, this will make me more happy. Or, or, or if I just had this, or if I could just go and do it. Those things are nice. God will bless you with those things. We are a church that believes that. And some people don't agree with that, and that's fine. If you don't want your blessing, I'll, I'll take yours too. If you don't, you just hand it this. So that's fine. But God's got a blessing for you. God will provide for all your needs because Philippians 4.19 says, My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Yes, I believe that God will provide the money I need. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. I believe that God will provide me health and healing because 3 John 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. And so, yeah, absolutely. But listen, my fulfillment simply comes. Because the Lord is my shepherd. I've got everything I need. I'm not chasing happiness anymore. I'm not chasing joy anymore. It's chasing me. I'm not chasing bless. I'm not chasing things. When I serve Jesus, those things come after me. Because I seek first the kingdom of God. And all these things are added unto us. Can we give the Lord some praise this morning? Amen. I was talking to a guy loading my groceries the other day. You may want to check out that Walmart grocery pickup. That'll do you a whole lot of good. Amen. Come on, somebody. Say, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You need that stuff. They'll bring it to you. All right. And so anyway, this young guy's bringing it out there. And, you know, it's like 157 degrees or something crazy. And so like, hey, how's it going? Well, it's hot. No doubt about it, man. We're all feeling it, brother. And so we're talking about, and he, and um, we're talking, he's from the Midwest, like I am, and, and we're talking about how I was looking at the, the people in Indianapolis, the high was like 70, and people were complaining about the heat. I'm like, shut up. I shouldn't say that, but shut up. How dare you complain about the heat? That's stupid. We can only dream of something like that. So anyway, we're sweating bullets, and I'm helping him load because I don't want the poor kid to die. And so he's like, man, I hate this place on a bar stool, man. It stings so hot, man, so daggum down, and just trashing bar stool. I'm like, man, you know what? I love this place. I love it. Man, you don't miss it back there? Man, I don't miss it back there. I, I love this place. Well, well, how could you love it? Well, let me, uh, Psalm 23 and verse 2. Psalm 23 and verse 2. Why? Well, the Lord is my shepherd, number one. I've got everything I need right there. But look what he does for me, even in the desert. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. I don't see no peaceful streams. I don't see no meadow. Man, that's because the Lord ain't your shepherd. I said it. Nope. I'll say it again in cursive. Listen, the Lord, if he is, he's your shepherd, you're content. I've got everything I need. Yeah, you know, I could always use more money. I could always use a bigger house. I could always use, that's fine. But listen, I don't need, I don't need it. I'm fine. The Lord is my shepherd. I've got all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. Where have you been all day in this heat? I've been down in the green meadows. Where? With God. Uh, what, 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 are you doing? what are you doing tomorrow? I'll be down by the peaceful streams. There's no peaceful streams on Barstow Road. Hey, check it out. There is. 
Because everywhere that I go, I can be content in Barstow. I can be content in Saudi Arabia. I could be content in Antarctica. I could be content in Texas. I could potentially be content over there in Florida. Listen, potentially, listen. That was a joke. (laughs) The point is, we can be content anywhere we are because when the Lord is your shepherd, it's not about the geographical location. It's about the spiritual location. And if you're going to be faithful to Jesus, you're going to have to grow up about some of this stuff. And you're going to have to realize right now that no matter what, I love you, Jesus. I love you enough that I would die for you. I trust you, Jesus. Even when it's really difficult, I'll walk by faith and not by sight. And number three, Jesus, I will be content. You're everything I need. I thank you. You'll bring, you'll bring the blessings. I get that. But you're everything I need. I've got it all right there. The Lord is my shepherd. And when you're not chasing that stuff, you don't wander off the path. And become unfaithful. You don't wander off the path. You, you're, you stay stable and committed because you're content that you've got it right there. Because you've got Jesus. So what I'm talking about today is the ingredients for faithfulness. You're going to have to really love God if you're going to actually stick with him through thick and thin. You're going to have to really trust him because there's going to be difficult times sometimes. And then you're going to have to be content that, you know what, I'm not chasing all that stuff. God will get it to me. I'm just going to love him and rest in the green meadows right beside the peaceful streams. Can I get an amen today? Amen. Let's give the Lord some praise together. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.